Today on the show, I'm happy to have Thomas Force. He's the CEO of Stage Zero Technologies. They create training algorithms for AI with the use of games. So you actually started as a game development company, and then you moved into this way to use AI, AI data to monetize these games in a different way. So what was the pivot? How did this happen? Hi, Hunter. Thanks. Yeah. That's exactly what, actually what happened. And so Stage Zero was founded as a, a games development company by me and my brother, Nicholas. And in the early days, we worked on, on a game for almost three years. It was ready or like close to the launch, soft launch. And then also my background is from the machine learning and NLP side, we've been thinking for a long time about like how we could include AI in various ways in games. So it's been kind of sidetrack that we'll be looking at for a while in the company before. And then we found out this technology that we're now developing and we came to realization there partly in thanks to our investors and advisors at that time that we don't have enough resources to be able to be doing game development and AI technology development that led to this, I could call it like a pivotal moment in our company's history where we decided to switch from doing games into building this technology that we call Microtasks. So what exactly is Microtasks and how does it work? Microtasks is a new way or a different way of creating AI training data. How most companies do that are not us is that they have different types of teams across the globe that they hire to, to do different tasks for them, for example, collecting data or annotating data, um, validating, validating data and so on. But we built a technology that helps us do this using gamers. And the way we do it is we offer through our technology, we offer within games, mostly mobile games, we offer them the option of performing small tasks uh, and for doing a task, they then get some kind of reward. And the reward can be like a new item in a game, mostly like in-game currency. And this uh, currency can then be used to buy items or buy new content in the game. So it's trade and uh, like typical example of what type of data we ask people to provide is, uh, speech recognition data. So we can ask someone with a phone, it's like natural that you have a phone that you also then have a good microphone means that you can, uh, record yourself talking or listen to other people talking and write what they are doing. And this then gets turned into the trading data for different types of machine learning algorithms. So is this, how do you get the games to opt in? What's their incentivization? So we are using different types of integrations. In the past, they used to integrate directly into games, but now we are doing it more through like bigger players. And then they are, are sorting the games instead, because this way we don't need to sell to the both, both directions as much. So we are focusing more more on the AI side now. I have a few bigger players to do with. So in like for something familiar, like in a mobile app game, let's say when it says, Hey, watch this video ad to unlock these tokens. This is a similar type of concept that what you're, how you're implementing it. 
exactly. Yeah. That, that's actually the closest fit to how it looks within a game. We, it also takes roughly the same slot so we can have a one minute task for you or sometimes longer, I guess tasks are sometimes up to 15 minutes, but they also then give players much, much bigger reward than, than watching a video, for example, would do. But it's actually exactly the same type of idea. And then what's the value to you on your side? How is this survey or this information uh, valuable to your company? Yeah. So we are uh, focusing on building out libraries of this data and training data, and then we annotate it in various ways, and that we use it to, to train algorithms as well on top of this. And then, so we are selling data that can be used to tra train AI algorithms or just access to algorithms. That's the vision we're going towards you, building out um, specific algorithms using this data that we have collected. So what will one of these surveys or tasks look like for the user who's giving you the data? One typical task would be that we ask them, we, let's say, for example, you're opening your phone and then in front of you, you get a question, okay, would you like to trade a little bit of time for doing these types of tasks? And the task that you get then can excuse you like, okay, you're willing to use your microphone? Yeah. If yes, then okay, then proceed to this task. Then what you get out of it is, for example, 300 gold coins in the game and you're asked to either read a sentence, like it could be like preset sentences that you read, or it can be other things like, Hey, this is the topic that you would like you to discuss, or what's your opinion of something? Can you tell us about something that makes you really like happy or really angry to get like an emotional response so that we can get this emotion data out of it and then use that for training emotion-based algorithms. And yeah, other things can be like asking them simply to listen to what another person has said, rate whether this was like, does this have high background noise? Does this have noise or is this person be present? Is this person actually reading this sentence that is being said that, that, that he's supposed to read? Okay, so the goal is to understand the tonality of voices to then apply emotion so that you can then train algorithms to sift through that type of data. Let's say if it's recorded meetings or yeah. recorded seminars. Yeah, that, that's, that's exactly one type of, of data that we are working a lot with. Uh, and that's where we see, I would say, maybe most demand right now is for like the tonality and then emotion, uh, especially for speech. But then the other thing that we are now also working on is chat, being able to chat, for example, with a large language model. So we can then ask people to sit and, and, and type on their phone, for example, and chat with this la language model for a while and ask them, can you try to get it to do something specific? And, and then we can get data on like testing and validating a model that way. Very interesting way to get this information and test these different models. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like that, the good thing with this approach is that if, if you're looking at the whole globe, then it's easy to get data in English because uh, a lot of people speak English and, and there are a lot of regions as well, where you can come into sort of the ethics of the AI industry or the lack of ethics in, in, in the <laughs> industry as it stands. Uh, I think there is 
almost no other way of doing it relatively cheaply and ethically than, than we are doing it because this way you can get access to players across the globe, even in, in, in regions where uh, otherwise it would be really expensive and, and you can provide something of value to them and, and they give something of value back. Yeah, definitely. If any of our listeners wanted to learn more about your company or get in touch, how could they do so? Uh, yeah, they can go to our website, stagezero.ai. Well, thank you, Thomas, for coming on the show and everybody for listening to another episode of Failing to Success. Make sure to leave the show a five-star review. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki, and we'll see you next time.